Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and taking a look at some streaming from home options because we are still in this quarantine and you need to be able to watch things from the safety of your home. Expanding a little bit on a couple things that were talked about in our roundtable episode last week. And please join us for our next roundtable as we're going to be diving into our Emmys predictions, which is so weird in a year like this because what's happening with award shows, right? Like who knows? I don't know what the Oscars are going to be. Maybe Sonic the Hedgehog for Best Picture at this point. I wish that was slightly more of a joke than what it is, but at this point, it's probably one of the better films I've seen this year. Either way, please stay tuned for that. And here are this week's reviews on We're Watching What? First up is Rent a Pal, which is an IFC Midnight release. So it's not necessarily aimed at as widestream an audience as other things, which is not a bad thing, right? I think that movies that embrace the genre they're from and know their audience tend to sometimes have a better chance of success. I think the thing that Rent a Pal does most successfully is that it kind of embraces a lot of the tropes of this sort of it's not quite horror it's a little more surreal bizarro niche type stuff there wasn't anything spectacularly surprising but I think it was well executed this doesn't mean it's necessarily for me I am not the target audience for this I generally don't watch horror and I don't think horror is the correct uh, phrase still it labels itself as mystery and suspense I feel like it's a little more psychological maybe along those lines but it's set in the 90s and it's this guy who lives in his mother's basement who is all you know many of the things that you would imagine his mother has dementia and so he takes care of her and he engages in those VHS dating services where you record a tape and send it back and forth and pre-tinder and swiping type stuff for you kids out there and then the weird thing happens when he finds a, a tape for a friend a rent-a-pal one where it's like hey and and just sort of falls under the spell of it and Brian Landis Falkins plays the main character and I think the sincerity with which he delivers some of his lines and performances and scenes really is what set this apart from being some sort of failed schlocky genre type thing I think he brought such like a warmth to some of the moments that really elevated the entire film and then the pal in the film is played by will wheaton who i imagine he he could have filmed it from home basically he's you know he's only sitting in this he only exists in this tv and i think he was pretty well cast in this but i i don't think it had to be will wheaton necessarily but i i thought the way that brian landis Vulcans played the the main guy was just like there's this one scene where he's delivering his uh, kind of spiel about you know why you should date him, and it was just so sweet and sincere, and he just turned it on, and I was like, wow, okay, that's acting, like that's good acting. That's not it's not acting that where you can see them being like, I want an Oscar acting. It's just like, oh wow, this this is a person who is emoting in a way that like a character would really be feeling. It feels genuine, but it's obviously he's an actor portraying this. So I thought that was a wonderful example, but the rest of the film, you know, is a little uneven. It doesn't quite hold up to that. That being said, you know, for someone who doesn't necessarily watch these films, it wasn't so freaky and scary that I couldn't watch it, but also I really truly am not the target audience for it. I think overall, if you're an IFC Midnight fan, it's a good choice. It's a decent choice, but for me, it was, but I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. And then the other things I wanted to talk about super briefly are The Boys Are Back on Amazon Prime. And this was one of my favorite shows when it came out. I thought it was spectacular. I'm so glad it's back for a second season. I didn't realize that it's only coming out in, uh, like they released the first three episodes at once and then it's coming out weekly and it's a very strange thing to have to wait for content especially in this weird core in time where i'm like give me the content give me the new stuff and i was so excited for it but i was like i think i forgot everything from season one so i went back and watched season one again and some of the stuff in season one is just even more relevant now that we're living in this bizarro world that we're living in in terms of you know the authoritarian power and just you know people just being corrupt and not being stood up to and it resonated even more now than it did then so i actually if you haven't picked up the boys season two yet Go back, watch season, obviously watch season one, but if you were already watching it, watch it again and then watch season two. It It's just, 
so weird and and the premise is you know it's basically if superheroes were run by corporations right and had um, marketing teams and you know basically if disney ran actual superheroes as opposed to their fictional mcu or dc or whatever it was and and the characters are just like there's one super patriotic one homelander and that guy he's just does such a good job of the captain america like but a psychopath you know it's carl urban it's jack quaid it's jesse t usher it's elizabeth shue um anthony Starr plays homelander i think he does such a good job and then aya cash joins season two which i think is a great addition um my other i just want to shout out karen fukuhara does not say anything at all and also you want to talk about acting just like such a good actor in it just emoting without having dialogue it's so impressive Giancarlo Esposito joins season two more prominently it was really exciting I'm like what is he not in these days like he is doing so well on tv or streaming or whatever you want to call it but the boys Amazon Prime absolutely check it out and then the last thing I'm watching right now which is also coming out weekly which is really hooking me is The Vow on HBO and it's a documentary series and it takes a look at the Nexium cult and I could yeah, definitely a cult and the way that they just sucked in all of these not super prominent but relatively prominent people in addition to civilians and there's this whole crazy you know there's a whole sex side of it it's it's definitely like any sort of multi-level marketing thing it reminds me very much of Scientology and the guy who started it is this guy Keith Raniere and he just the way he convinces people that he's this crazy mega genius it's the type of stuff where if you wrote fiction about it you'd be like oh this is too absurd but then you watch it play out as an actual documentary where it's just like wow these people are bonkers and I remember hearing vaguely about the cult when um, Allison Mack got busted for racketeering charges in last year in 2019. And I was like, what? what? What's going on here? Like, Allison Mack was in a sex cult? Okay. And then just didn't look too much into it. And then watching this now, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And, and sex cult is kind of scratching the surface of how complicated the brainwashing was but it's it that is an aspect of it but you know Allison Mack a bunch of people from Battlestar Galactica which is a show I absolutely love which is a show I absolutely love Kristen Kruk whose name I mispronounced I'm so sorry anyway this is also coming out in weeks and every time it ends I'm just like I want to watch more but what, what happens what absolutely happens like I really want to know please tell me what happens so The Vow on HBO absolutely worth a watch